Check. Attitude. Check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. I'm going to link this latest news from the failed academy to the remarks of a Garage Logic podcast listener in Sofia, Bulgaria. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a, kind of an intercontinental link. Is Sophia with an F or a PH? F. Okay. The University of California, Santa Barbara, hosts a website, which is apparently controlled by the sociology department, that encourages parents to allow their young children to participate in sexual play. Eh, you know what the hell, why not? Okay. Um. The website, Sex Info Online, calls sexual play between kids, which the site reports is most common between the ages of four and seven. No. Completely normal, generally harmless, and encourages parents to allow such behavior. According to the website, Sex Info Online is maintained by students who have studied advanced topics in human sexuality. Well, then they're experts. Mm. They're experts. Okay. One of the topics on the site, childhood sexuality, expounds, expounds on how parents should handle what many would consider to be inappropriate touching between children. A section on the website reads, children might display affection to their friends by hugging and kissing or touching each other's genitals, which is perfectly normal. Parents should not react in a negative way because the kids are just exploring. Uh, we don't know that. If a child is performing these activities excessively or in public, parents should sit down and talk with them about how these activities should be done in private. Billy, we're at the grocery store. Come on, help me out here. Keep it in your trousers, Billy. (laughs) Uh, should be done in private uh, versus of trying to thwart the activity altogether. Childhood sexuality also encourages parents to teach their children that masturbation is not dirty or bad, but is a private matter and should not be performed in public. Well, they got that going for them. <laughs> not in public. Right. Uh, what about the... Uh, the, poem, uh, the section yeah. also notes that even if children are engaging in same-sex sexual play, parents should keep their reactions to such activities positive. As children age, their sexual play encounters are more often associated with peers of the same sex. Since boys and girls tend to play separately, experts recommend, and they're experts, <laughs> experts recommend that parents keep their reactions to such activities positive since sexual play is normal and allows the child to develop into a sexually healthy adult. Children engaging in same-sex sexual play is not necessarily an indication of homosexual identity, just as children engaging in other sex sexual play is not necessarily an indication of heterosexual identity. Wow. I was just playing with my Tonka trucks. I couldn't tie my shoes. Is that what you named it? Mm-hmm. How no. about the threat of... How about the threat of you will go blind? How about the, you know, how about you will I go read, blind, I don't want to hear about it. I'm trying to read this. Oh, okay. From Bulgaria. Hi, Joe. As a podcast listener in Sofia, Bulgaria, I am often at least a day or two behind on whatever you are talking about. As such, I tend to not write because by the time my email would get to you, you would have already moved on to another topic. However, there is a recurring theme that keeps coming up on your show that I believe is growing in the world today. That theme is the lack of moral and ethical integrity. I noticed a growing philosophy years ago, and I wrote about it. I will summarize briefly what I wrote. The full article is linked here if you are interested. I am interested. I just didn't have time today to read it, but I intend to read it. There seems to be a new ethical ideology that has risen in the Western world over the past few years. In the past, most people were modernists who derived their morality from some supreme source. 
They might disagree on that source. Some might call the source God, while others might look to the state or something else for a moral code. But we were held accountable to whatever supreme moral code we believed in. This gave the advantage of moral clarity, but the disadvantage that I as an individual must also submit to that standard and be held accountable to it. That is, you shouldn't lie, but neither should I. Then postmodernism came along. It held to no truth and thus holds to no real morality. Morality became an illusion. The advantage was that no one could be held accountable to a standard because there was no standard. The disadvantage was that no one could be told that they were doing something wrong because there was no standard. Now, a new moral philosophy seems to be taking the worst of both worlds. It holds that there is indeed a supreme moral standard, but that I, the individual, set that standard. I call this philosophy meism because the supreme moral lawgiver is the great me. The advantage of this philosophy is that I can hold anyone accountable for breaking my moral law. The other advantage is that I can never be wrong because I determine what is right and wrong. I can judge anyone for anything, but I cannot be judged. This guy's nailing it. Hmm. For a meist, the greatest crime is to offend me. Indeed, such an offense is blasphemy because the god of a meist is the meist himself. A meist can be a white person who thinks that white people should not be allowed in his favorite restaurant in Harlem. A meist can condemn a woman for wearing a Chinese dress to prom as a cultural appropriator while eating tacos with chopsticks on his Twitter picture. A meist thinks it is okay to lie about his encounter with a police officer and then go preach a sermon on Sunday out of the same Bible that commands us not to lie. Hmm. Perhaps today you will not have a show about the decline of moral and ethical integrity, but if you do, please keep in mind that in all likelihood, those in the stories you present believe that they are very moral and ethical people. They are living according to the standard of morality that has been set by their God, me. I wish this new philosophy was satirical. Sadly, it has become reality. And he signs it from the GL Embassy in Sofia, Bulgaria, Dave Bliss. I think he's right on the money. Oh, nice job, Dave. He's right on the money. Yep. Let's read the most pertinent part. Uh, a new moral philosophy seems to be taking the worst of both worlds, modernism and postmodernism. It holds that there is indeed a supreme moral standard, but that I, the individual, set that standard. I call this philosophy meism because the supreme moral lawgiver is the great me. The advantage of this philosophy is that I can hold anyone accountable for breaking my moral law. The other advantage is that I can never be wrong because I determine what is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. I can judge anyone for anything, but I cannot be judged. Does that describe a modern leftist? That uh, is perfect. It is just incredible. Uh, what, what's what's going through the minds of these uh, so-called sociology students at uh, University, where was it? University of Santa Barbara, yeah. University of California, Santa Barbara. Much of what they say, by the way, is true. Uh, little kids can hug each other and yeah, give each other a smooch kids, and right, all that. Right. But uh, they're, they're, what they're uh, contending is that uh, the uh, sexual explorations can go far beyond that, and they've determined that that's completely normal and do not wish to be judged about that. We're, we're right. That, and I, I would contend uh, that uh, most parents, uh, fortunately, uh, uh, would not subscribe to such utter uh, nonsense from the academy. And would right. be more vigilant to uh, uh, to uh, keep a tighter rein on the kids than uh, encouraging them to uh, basically do whatever the hell they want to. Right. You know, 
You want to yeah. give uh, Sally a hug? I think you ought to go and do that. You want to give Bobby a hug? A and your name is Johnny. Not give him a, a hug. Go ahead. Who cares? But don't make them aware of it or, uh, you know, uh, there's a natural curiosity, but it doesn't have to be taken too far. Well, but these are sociology uh, students who have studied, uh, and they're experts, so, you know. Hmm. They're meists. That was perfectly described. They've determined that this is what they believe, and therefore... Uh, it is absolutely correct because you're not as smart as they are because they're sociology and, students. And don't judge me because I can't be judged, but well, I'm I mean, going to judge. I can judge. I you, can judge, but, but don't I judge me. I can't be judged. Right, don't judge me. Yeah. It, it just, uh, that that really uh, nails the, he used three examples from the show. The uh, the gal who wore the Chinese prom dress, right. the uh, the moron from Rutgers who complained about white kids in the in the Harlem Shake, and what other, uh, what else did he use? Uh, the third one was the um oh uh, the pastor who created oh, yeah. the completely false encounter with a policeman in South Carolina and then goes and and, and preaches a sermon on Sunday from the same bible that tells him not to lie. No, he can lie. Yeah. He can lie. Right. But don't don't judge me on what I say or do or it's it's just incredible. <sighs> Uh, it 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 does uh, it it does fit into the decline of moral and ethical integrity, doesn't it? It's just uh, I wonder this what this. Again, I'm going to read this guy's work. For all I know, he's an academician, but not certainly not in a failed academy. Uh, I like I said, I didn't have the. Uh, oh shoot! I didn't delete this email, did I? <coughs> oh shoot! Just a minute. You don't have it. You'll find it. It's in your deleted box. Unless you cleaned out your deleted box. I did not delete it. Okay. <laughs> so uh, thank you, David Bliss. I'm going to be able to, uh, uh, when I get more time, I'll be able to read what you wrote. SPN.com. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne. Stay tuned for more Oz... No. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... No, one more time. Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to Joe... No. Emailer Jay nailed it. What did we, uh... What did we fail to capture in the story of the, uh... Failed Acomeditions encouraging sexual play? Aren't these the same people? Uh who are willing to call even a, a an untoward look sexual assault. Ah, mm-hmm. See? Very true. They're Very meas. true. And it's, you know what there are? It, it's more than meism. It's relativism. Well, that's not consistent. You're right, but that's not consistent with what they... With what they think. But they're the, they're, they're the same people, in, in, especially in the college environment, who... who uh, who believe that uh, you, you got to sign consent forms? You got, oh, yeah. you know, you got witnesses. You, you know, right? Real? Okay. Or did he make a bet with his friends? Real? Or did he make a bet with his friends? There's two from the failed academy. <clears throat> okay, we don't. Uh, do we need the uh, failed academy intro? No. No. Okay. Uh, this is from Cal Poly Pomona, California. Okay. It, this is making the rounds on Japanese websites, hmm. but it happened uh, at the commencement 
at Cal Poly Pomona. And a guy goes up to get his uh, diploma, and he's carrying his hugging pillow. He's carrying a pillow with him. (laughs) Brings his pillow to the commencement. Is it a my pillow? No, it's a... uh, it would be if they still advertise with us, but no, it's not a my pillow. <laughs> it's a pillow. Uh, it's a long pillow that appears to have the image of a gal on it. Uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. A blow up pillow? Nico, Nico, or something like that? I don't know. Apparently, there's. A- oh, it's a Nimi. John's a telling me. Oh, what? A Nimi. What's that mean? That that's apparently the design. It's a Japanese okay style pillow and. Uh, the fellow holding the pillow, I can't really tell if he's hmm. what ethnicity he is. He looks just like a normal college student, but he's got a pillow. All right. Based on everything we've stumbled upon. Check this out. Is that real? It would <sighs> not be surprising to me if that's real. Or did he make a $20 bet with his buddies? Hey, I'll bet you 20 bucks. If you give me twenty bucks, I'm taking my pillow through the line. Well, I, I hope it's I hope it's that. Uh, even that would be, you know, graduation. Come on, have some. Again, your social contract is completely gone. Uh, Ryan Nye Tai is his name, and he's he shakes the hand of the goofball that's given him the diploma, and in his left arm, he's cradling his his pillow. No, I, no. Anyway, and even if it is a joke, it, uh, it it can't be. But I'm afraid that he's probably serious. I'm, I'm afraid that he really needs that. Guy brings a pillow. Yeah. You know, if I'm the, uh, of course, this. But does is it a, surprise you though, Joe? No, no, no. See, I, mean, I can go either way, but I won't be surprised if this fruitcake. Actually had to bring a pillow with I mean, him. a woman got her head stuck in a tailpipe at a country music festival. We got some grade A dummies out We're there. We're getting dumber. We're getting dumber. We had that news yesterday. IQs are on a decline. We're getting dumber. You got to factor in the Samer theory. Right. But here's here's what I want to know. Of course, I can't. Here's what I would have done. Right. How do you, but how I do you would play never get. I would never get a gig in the, in the academy because I, I would never fit their agenda or their template. Right. But and so I can't hold this. Who passes out the diplomas? Usually the dean or somebody. Yeah, yeah. He's got and the, the, the Laurel and Hardy chumps at Oxford yeah, suit on. Right. Okay. If I'm that guy, and this idiot comes up to get his diploma with his pillow, I'm saying, nope. Yeah, I uh, push back. Give me that back here. Nope. No, I don't even hand it to him. No. I'll say when you want to march through here without your pillow, right, you're just bub. Like, nope. Then I'll hand you your diploma. But right now. Nope. I'm going Teresa Hines on you. Yep. Nope. You ain't getting it. You're an embarrassment. If this is real. You're you're an adult. I'm prepared to believe the guy was doing a bit. Really? You think so? But I would not be surprised if he wasn't doing a bit. That's not very helpful, is it? I can go either way on this. No, that's really a... That's uh, wishy-washy. I'm being wishy-washy. You can't have it both ways. But I so desperately believe that that somebody would not do... But even then, bring it up. Just go up there and get your get your diploma. You worked hard. You you finally you, you achieved this success. Five will get you ten. That if you scoured the uh, commencement ceremonies of the country, you'd find uh, students bringing their support animals with them. 
They're therapy animals, little squirrel or something, a rodent, rat, hamster, rabbit, whatever they got. And then, and, and if I saw that, I'd also say, nope. Yep. Nope. What, Is, a gonna, what about your parents? What about the parents that are watching, you know, Fred? What's the future hold? Where are we headed? To recall an old theme from the beginning of 2018. Where are we headed? Are we headed to the day when the, when the doctor's going to break down in your room and say, I'm too, I'm too stressed right now to take care of you. I got to go to the crying room. Now are you've we got, headed for that? I'm, you got me thinking, and I'm not trying to make a joke here in, in any way, but for, you know, like the the, the, the Academy for the Blind is in my, my hometown of Faribault. Yeah. Do they have assistance when they walk across? Because I don't think they do the hell are you talking about? You were talking about if you use a therapy animal of oh, some type. Oh. I, I don't even think they do. Oh, I don't know. But Cal Things Poly, look up Cal Poly real quick. Cal Reeves. Poly. Yep. Cal Poly, P-O-L-Y. Uh, isn't that, a, uh, isn't that a, a, a version of, say, MIT or something? Isn't that a... Uh, it's a prestigious university. It's, but, uh, I mean, aren't you pursuing, what, engineering there? or Polytechnics. Yeah. Well, here, the guy, uh, somebody just sent this in. The guy with the pillow from Cal Poly... Pomona is probably real. They are the inferior Cal Poly. All the smart engineers graduate and go to Cal Poly St. Louis Louis Obispo. Uh That's from an alum. All right. Listening online from Seattle, by the way. This is Cal Poly Pomona. This is the minor league Cal Poly. Right. It's the starter school. So, you know what? Starter school. It's probably real. Probably He's been real. taking crap from everybody. Hey, you're going to... No, I go to Panoma. Yeah. Uh, the Cal Poly. Yeah, you got dengue? Got to have my major dengue. Major dengue. Yeah, Is it major, major dengue or Maybe regular? Maybe he has major dengue. Regular? Uh, we'll be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Oatana, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now or What's Left of It. Well, we are seeing another mixed day in the market. Stocks have been bouncing back and forth quite a bit since the Federal Reserve Board wrapped up its two-day meeting uh, about an hour and a half ago. Right now, the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 17 points. The Nasdaq Composite is on the plus side, up 22, and the S&P 500 is down just one point. As expected, the Federal Reserve Board raised its benchmark short-term interest rate by a quarter percentage point and signaled it will raise the cost of borrowing a total of four times this year. The central bank in its statement dropped long-standing language about rates remaining below levels that are expected to prevail in the long run. Medical technology company Stryker today said it is not in discussions with Boston Scientific regarding a potential takeover. On Monday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Stryker had made a takeover approach to Boston Scientific, a move that could create a medical device giant to rival Medtronic. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right, thank you very much, Mr. Vale. We'll talk to you in an hour, hopefully with some better news. Well, I'm getting my pillow. We'll see. All right. <laughs> yeah, leave your pillow at home, please. Bruce Vale with the Your Money Now report. I just did my picks. You should get your picks done right now. Go to 1500ESPN.com. It's the 2018 Fantasy Golf Challenge, and you could win a nice little stay at Craigens. And Craigens will completely take care of you. Get all the details at our website, 1500ESPN.com. It walks you right through the process. If you have not signed up yet, go ahead and sign up. Do it for the U.S. Open coming up here this weekend. 1500ESPN.com. It's the Fantasy Golf Challenge. See if you can beat the... You think I'm, think I'm the dummy, huh?
Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8. Here's John Height. Thank, thank you, Joel. It's sunny. It's the second time today, John. Yeah, what's wrong? You got to turn on fault. the newsman, Rook. Yeah. It's 79 uh, degrees. You got to buy me dinner first. <laughs> ah, this update brought to you. That was pretty funny. Yeah, thanks. Uh, brought to you by It's Just Lunch. Twins and Tigers again tonight from Detroit. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Matt Boyd goes for Detroit. Some bad news for the Tigers last night. Miguel Cabrera ruptured his left biceps tendon. He will be out for the rest of this season. Uh, the Vikings are doing away with paper tickets for the 2018 season. The team will accept only electronic tickets starting this fall. No longer allowing the paper printouts of game tickets it's taken in the past. Vikings Executive Communications Director Jeff Anderson said the team is making the switch for a couple of reasons. A chief among them, the ability to improve communications with fans before and during games. No, 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 no. They're doing this so that they can track season ticket holders and find out which ones are selling their tickets and which ones are using them. We're not stupid. Nearly 50%. What do they care? Because they will pull season tickets like the Denver Broncos did for fans that sell their tickets and don't use them. It's your business. You own them. Oh, you would think so. Yeah. Because this is America. I didn't know that was a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and especially because when you pay your uh, personal seat license on top of that, then you still get your tickets pulled. It's a nice little racket they got going over there. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Nearly 50% of Vikings tickets are transferred from their original owner to another fan before games, according to Anderson. See, this doesn't make any sense. It's... If they pull your season tickets, they just sell season tickets to somebody else who's going to do the same thing. Including well, charging them another p- personal seat personal license. Yeah. Seat license. Okay. Like they've made off the original well, one. Maybe that's yeah. where their that's their game then, is to collect the personal seat license money. All you need to know about the NFL is if they can get another nickel out of you, they will. Yeah. Anderson says, uh, so electronic tickets will allow the team to know exactly who's coming to games mm-hmm. as well as provide more personalized information about things like ticket lines, mm-hmm. uh, wayfinding inside the U.S. Bank Stadium. That's wayfinding. A, that's a, that's you mean a new, finding your way around? That's a new word, isn't that's it? That's a well, foghorn there, yeah. Rook. Yeah. There's no such thing as wayfinding. That's, that was a quote from, from Mr. Anderson. Yeah. And concession. Wayfinding. Way the Vikings are also uh, making the move with an eye towards security, they say, since electronic tickets are harder to counterfeit than paper printouts. I wonder if the two people that repelled from uh, the top of the roof on New Year's Day a couple of years ago, I wonder if they had digital tickets. No, they had no tickets. Right. The next time we have an appearance somewhere, will you guys help me with my wayfinding? Yes. And I'll lead you around. Yeah, right. <laughs> News notes from today. Uh, let's get this out of the way right yep, away. Here okay. we go. The raccoon that climbed the St. Paul skyscraper to the roof. Give that to Duluth Foghorn. Bleep this raccoon. Somebody run over it in a car. It's a rat. Miserable little creatures. Okay. Was captured and released today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was one more for yeah, some reason. Yeah, what happened to the Duluth well, Double? That's there? the Duluth. Yeah. I can do the Double Fog, oh. too. Yeah, I want the Duluth Double. Didn't know we had options. Raccoon scaled the UBS Plaza building on Cedar Street in downtown St. Paul, capturing the attention of many. When I left here yesterday, it was the number uh, two oh. thing on national Twitter, not local, national Twitter. It was the number two item on things that were trending. I rest my case. We are just Twitter a is bunch inane. Of Twitter is inane. After taking a break on a window ledge 20 stories above ground, the raccoon continued to climb, reaching the roof at about 2.30 this morning. Officials then were able, after at 8, to trap the raccoon in a cage. Wildlife Management Services released the raccoon into the wild. Where it was struck this by afternoon. a taxi. <laughs> All right, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, there. All That's... of that aside, though, that was a pretty impressive climb. Yeah, well, plus, isn't a... that raccoon's family somewhere nearby? And now the poor thing's out in the woods. Right. And doesn't know where the kids are. Well, that's what are. I said. Where do you where do you put it? That's a mom. I don't know. He's a hobo. Yep. Yeah. He, you know what he is? A crusty. Crusty. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's a she though. Curb critter. Was it a she? Yeah. yeah. Was it? So what? You can still yeah. be a crusty. What if it's, you know, like when they release zoo animals to the wild? What if it's not used to being near a tree? I'm not sure that zoo animals are released to the wild. Well, I guess I should say contained <laughs> animals when you release them to the wild. They don't know where to go. Like we had the guys at Como Zoo and the cage broke loose and the monkey said, no, I'm good here. Yeah, I'm going to hang. Are these uh, people that uh, release uh, animals from uh, universities, yeah. the animals got a good thing going at the university. Right. Hmm. Now you take the animal out to Woodbury, it can't afford a house, <laughs> nothing. Right. <laughs> Where's the TV? Right. From the uh, Star Tribune, a federal grand jury indicted Chan Lee Munson of Wilmer last week on 18 counts, including numerous firearms violations tied to an arsenal that law enforcement officers found when they searched his rural Kandiyohai County property. Uh, before authorities seized a cache of machine guns, rocket launchers, and pipe bombs from Munson's bunker earlier this year, prosecutors say he allegedly talked about targeting a judge and two attorneys with homemade bombs. Munson, who's also awaiting trial on state criminal charges, pleaded not guilty yesterday to the new charges in his first appearance in a St. Paul federal courtroom. A new indictment concerns the alleged illegal possession of 10 machine guns, two of which had obliterated serial numbers and unregistered pipe bombs and silencers. The indictment also marks the latest chapter in a dramatic case that began with a tip from an informant featured violent threats allegedly made by Munson's sister against a witness. Munson once owned an excavation and gravel crushing company with his ex-wife. He was among five people arrested during a January raid of his home by drug and gang task force officials. When police combed the property in January, they found drugs, weapons, and ammunition in nearly every corner, according to the complaint, plus a bus that had been converted into living quarters for one couple. Munson kept meth, cocaine, and marijuana inside a bedroom safe that also held a rifle and a handgun. Officers also found what they called miscellaneous books on incendiary devices, drug testing kits, and a device that can be used to cheat urine tests. At the time of the search, Munster was on probation for a 2017. What's that one called again? The, uh, the Orlando Thomas had it, right? The, yeah. Uh, Didn't he have... Uh, what is the one where you beat the uh, the urine test? Not Orlando Thomas. Uh, God, Orlando. God, we're good, huh? Uh, Wizenator. 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 Thank you. That's Ontario Smith. Ontario Smith. Oh, okay. Orlando Thomas was never Tony involved Orlando in Orlando. In fact, anything. he passed away from, I think it was ALS. Yes, oh. Orlando Smith did. Oh, yeah. boy. He, he was not involved in any chicanery like that. Yeah, yeah. let's not be. No, right, yeah. yeah. National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow has been discharged from the hospital after being admitted to Walter Reed for suffering a mild heart attack, according to the White House. Kudlow released from the hospital this morning. Doctors say his recovery is going very well, according to White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. President Trump, of course, broke the news, you might remember, of Kudlow's condition via Twitter just as he was getting ready to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Hey, how come there's no news of Trump uh, in Duluth right now? Isn't he in Duluth today? No, the 20th, June 20th. Oh, I thought it was today. I'm sorry. No, June 20th. The global chemical weapons watchdog says the nerve agent sarin and toxic chemical chlorine were very likely used as weapons in two attacks in central Syria in late March 2017. The Organization for the Prohibit uh, for the Prohibition for Prohibition. <laughs> wow. This diamond, ring, Smith here. this diamond ring has certification. Yeah. <laughs> Prohibitation. 
<laughs> we will prohibitate you. That sounds like something W would have said. Yeah, <laughs> when they couldn't drink, they called it prohibitation. You could not live here. You no. cannot prohibitate. No, it's <laughs> no, called prohibition. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but uh, and it used to cost a uh, down south of the border a centavo. That's how much it was. You had 50 centavos. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes, uh, that organization, Mr. Anyway. President, uh, your father just became the oldest living president. 94. 94, 94 yeah. which is it's kind of sandwiched in between 93 and 90, 95. That's right. <laughs> right there in between them. Uh-huh. Are you going to make it to 94, sir? I don't think so. <laughs> the organization for the prohibition of chemical weapons said today. My dad made some kind of deal with the devil. To live longer. Well, with the exception of Carter, these older presidents are all Republicans. Reagan. Yeah, the, he uh, lived long, Ford, too. 94. And, and your father. Sandwiched yeah. right between 93 <laughs> and 95. That's right. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Thanks. John? The organization uh, said that its fact-finding mission... Getting tired of me, I think. ...probing alleged attacks in Syria <laughs> found that sarin was very likely used as a chemical weapon in the south of Latamina in Hama province in March 24th, and that chlorine was very likely used a day later at and near the hospital. The collection of information and material, interviewing witnesses, as well as analysis of samples required a longer period of time to draw conclusions. According to the organization, the OPCW's fact-finding team is not mandated uh, to giving blame for the chemical attacks, saying only that they believe the chemicals were used in those marches. If you are from Syria, you are a... Syrian. That's right. And I always got confused as a kid because that they had that Syrian wrap you'd put around casseroles. Or is that Saran? <laughs> Saran. Saran, Saran. He was a murderer. Saran, Saran rap. How do you rap? What's that rap sound like? Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're getting a little spillover from clouds out to our west, out over the eastern part of South Dakota. Some thunderstorms there. But for us, uh, it looks like we're going to stay dry overnight tonight and dry most of the day tomorrow. But the humidity is coming back into the picture. We're at 79 currently, heading for a high today of about 82. 63 tonight, tomorrow up to 84. Still partly cloudy skies most of the day. There will be some increase in clouds by tomorrow night, and that's when some isolated storms could develop after midnight. That's going to linger into early Friday. Friday's high, though, warmer up to 90. 93 on Saturday, 92 on Sunday. Some isolated nighttime thunderstorms into the early morning hours are possible. Uh, As we head into the early part of next week, it does cool down. Monday's a cooler high of about 83, thanks to scattered showers and a few thunder showers. And uh, we're going to stay in the lower 80s, it looks like, much of next week. So we get back down closer to average uh, for next week. Until that time, it's heating up. We're at 79 right now, heading for a high today of about 82, Joe. And I have the records for the day. June 13. 100 on this day. 100. 1956. you got to look that up, Dave. That's at least four three, in a row in 1956. Yeah, three or, three or four in a row. I know. it's It was a hot spell for sure back in 1956. Yeah. I will look it up, though. 37. 37. In 1969. In 1969. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. More proof that the center is not holding. Okay. An initiative to divide California into three states has received enough signatures to qualify it for the November ballot, the California Secretary of State's office confirmed yesterday. The three states campaign called Cal 3 
came up with more than 600,000 signatures. Really? Tim Draper, a billionaire Silicon Valley venture capital investor, sponsored the ballot measure to divide America's most populous state into three jurisdictions, according to the San Jose Mercury News. California would be called, would be one. That would be made up of six mainly coastal counties, including Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. Northern California would include 40 counties from Santa Cruz to the Oregon border, including San Francisco and Sacramento. And Southern California would compose 12 counties, uh, including Fresno, Kern, Orange, and San Diego counties. Hmm. California government has rotted, Draper told the Mercury News. We need to empower our population to improve their government. Well, he's right. It has rotted. Right. Who gets the debt? Which one? Well, yeah, isn't, right. that, isn't that something? Uh, a USA took a poll. I'm sorry. Survey USA poll found that 72% of registered California voters opposed the proposal, while only 17% supported. Even if voters approved the plan, it would still require approval from the California Assembly and Senate, according to the Los Angeles Times. Well, you know they're not going to do anything that would cost them a job, hmm. Right. Then the plan would have to overcome likely court challenges and still win approval from Congress. Steve Maviglio, a Democratic political consultant who opposes breaking up California, told the Mercury News that Draper's initiative was taking the wrong track. Splitting California into three new states with, will triple the amount of special interests, lobbyists, politicians, and bureaucracy, Maviglio said. California government can do a better job addressing the real issues facing the state, but this measure is a massive distraction that will cause political chaos and greater inequality. This has happened before in this country. When? It happened in 1863. A new state was created. Can you name it? Uh, West Virginia. You got it. Yep. Yep. How did you know Virginia. that? Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, in my sixth grade, I did a report on West Virginia. I bet that was a crackerjack <laughs> oh, yeah. deal. D plus, I'm yeah. sure. I bet it was a plus. I like West Virginia. Yes, I do. do. I like West Virginia. How about you? If passed, it would be the first (laughs) division of a U.S. state since 1863 when West Virginia was created. Uh, California was admitted to the Union on September 9, 1850. and has faced more than 200 attempts at boundary reconfiguration, divisions, and even secession over the course of its history. Draper previously proposed splitting the state into six separate states, but election officials invalidated many of the signatures his campaign collected. Mm. What will we do here? Um, I can tell you what I do. Oh, I can tell you what I do. You can't divide Minneapolis and St. Paul because they're... No, the metropolitan area could be a state and the rest of us could not could be a state. And let these salon fruitcakes have their life right there. But then what if you do if you live in the city? What if I want to go to the ball game? Yeah, that's true. Right. You have to cross the border zone. Last summer, uh, Draper formally submitted the three states proposal. Three states will get us better infrastructure, better education, and lower taxes. Draper told the Los Angeles Times states will be more accountable to us and can cooperate and compete for citizens. You know, you do raise an interesting question, though, Joe. You got me thinking. I wonder how many people... Because a lot of people work in the Twin Cities metro area, but like myself included, I, I will never live in either Hennepin or Ramsey County. Uh, okay. Well, I'm just saying, I, I bet a lot of people have made that decision that they don't want to live in 
Minneapolis or St. Paul because of the way that they're governed. Well, you I wouldn't even say because of the government. I'd say because of the high taxes. Well, pay again handsome, because of the way they're governed, though. You pay a, if you live in the inner city, as I do, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, you yeah. pay a high price uh, in exchange for basically no commute. That's what you're really right, buying. That's what you're buying. But but the fee you pay for that is 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 ultimately will not be sustainable. Some more than others. Mm-hmm. It just won't be sustainable. Right. So but that's what I, that's how I look at it. What I'm paying for is I don't have a commute. That's basically what I I, I do. I know. <laughs> and you've decided that yep. you're willing completely to have it. that commute yep. for whatever trade-off you think that commute gains you. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a route, you just don't have a commute. Well, I don't I don't I and and I I appreciate the fact that I don't. I I don't want to be stuck in a rush hour traffic bad for waiter. An hour ago. Oh, yeah, I'm a bad, bad waiter. waiter. Could you imagine being with the mayor in rush hour traffic. No. I have I have been yeah. when we go to places. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't perform. That's well. why I don't drive. He doesn't do well. You have to drive because yeah. I can't do it. That's the trade off. And then every once in a while you buy me. But dinner. how does it calm you if you're in the passenger seat as opposed to the driver's seat? Well, he doesn't. It's not that he's calm. He still shouts out. You're speaking orders. about me in the third person. I, know, I I'm apologize. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, what Joe does. I still give him directions and stuff. Yeah. Go this way. Get in this lane. Yeah. Hey, they're they're going to change. Hey, get over this way. Take a left. <laughs> Oh, I wish that wasn't true, but it is. It is, it is I, and I know it. It doesn't even bother me. Yeah. Which is why I like to do pranks like <laughs> tell you there's a propane tank with a slight hairline <laughs> fracture. What's rolling around in the back? I got to replace the the, uh, the <laughs> propane analysts, tank. It's got a analysts, fracture. Analysts from the <laughs> university, analysts from the University of Virginia Center for Politics predict that the new California and Northern California would be Democratic leaning, while Southern California would be a swing state. This measure would cost taxpayers billions of dollars to pay for the massive transactional cost of breaking up the state, whether it be universities, parks, or retirement systems, Maviglio told the L.A. Times. It was also funny when I pretended to get shot while driving. I didn't think it was funny, Matt. I, I really didn't. I, I didn't think that was funny. It was too realistic. And he looked back at me, and then he looked back at the windshield, and he looked back and he says, what the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was in St. Paul. I was riding to the ferry. Here think. comes the mark. He says. Yep. Oh yeah, the mark was good. Remember we? What was that one when I when we did the Sprint Store? Yeah, broadcast. you. Yeah, you were filming me, and I didn't know I was being filmed. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a good one too. Yeah, that was funny. Here comes yeah. the mark. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, get ready for Dennis Kirk, will you? Yeah. Why don't you do that? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Is there something you can do? There's a when you when you fool with the mouse. Yep. It moves an arrow around the screen. Yes. But I'm having trouble seeing the arrow. It's not a sight problem. It's just the arrow's so faint that I can you darken the arrow? I think you can make it. What is going on here in this computer? Oh, Reaver's doing he's something? He's working on it. Jeez, I didn't <laughs> know he'd get that. Don't be surprised. Okay. Well, it's digital. Didn't believe anybody would actually do any work be. right off the bat. Select, let's see. Here's your options. Select pointer speed. Uh, uh, speed's fine. Okay, speed's fine. Snap to visibility. Yes, I am uh, having visibility problems. Short. Oh, look at that. You see how I'm... How about this? Do you see my 
Yeah. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. Try that. All right. Well, just give me maximum visibility. All right. Whatever that might be. You want it to be big. I want, make it a clown button. Okay. Huge. Giant clown button. Show location of pointer when I press the control 1500 key. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. 79, bro. It's 79. Gordon.